0: Born and raised in Egypt, where he began from humble beginnings selling timeshares and computer devices since the age of 16 and working in a chicken factory when he first arrived in Quebec, Canada, Bassem Ghali has since come a long way. Now, the CEO of Toronto-based digital marketing agency Green Lotus, Ghali has won the National Entrepreneur of the Year award twice once in 2015 by the Canadian Association of Marketing Professionals and more recently this year by the Canadian SME Awards. Gali is also known for his philanthropic achievements after launching the Donate and Learn initiative which organizes educational online marketing workshops for entrepreneurs and professionals of which all proceeds are donated to partnering charities. Listen on and hear this inspirational businessman speak about entrepreneurship mental health,
1: philanthropy, and more. My name is Basim Galli. I'm the uh, CEO and founder of Green Lotus Agency. Uh, originally uh, grown up and born in uh, Egypt and moved to Canada almost 20 years ago. And um, originally an architect, and um, now I'm a digital marketer.
2: How did you move from architecture to digital marketing?
1: When I moved to uh, Canada, it was very hard to uh, work as an architect with my Egyptian degree and I needed to study for like another four years and I didn't really like the uh, poor student life. So I uh, did uh, whatever every new immigrants do and took any kind of jobs that came around until uh, one day um, I was doing some graphic design and web design and the owner of the company asked me how to be the number one on Google. That was the question that changed everything. The idea of an American dream, right? Uh, I don't know if you know what that is. Basically, people come here, they think,
2: oh, I'm going to get this big house, so white picket fences, all that. In your experience, how much of that is kind of true and how much is, let's say, not so true? What's
1: achievable? Well, I did have the American dream and originally uh, the plan was to uh, move to the U.S. because my brother lived there, but I got denied like six, seven times and um, Canada said yes. So I was like, all right, that's not far. Um, but to be quite honest with you, the let's call it the North American dream. Um, it, it's not all wrong. Like, yes, absolutely. From someone coming from the Middle East and and. Um, if I lived in the Middle East, I would be struggled all my life. If you don't know the right people or if you don't have the, 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 the right amount of money to start the business, you, know, you will be just struggling to pay off your, your, your regular needs, like no luxury, nothing. But I came here with nothing and I, I have a home, I have a car, I have a company, I have employees, I, I go vacationing, I, I, I make money. Um, it was definitely a difficult when the, my first like two years, three years, I worked like McDonald's job, chicken factory jobs, all of that stuff. You have to pay uh, the the tax or the price to to get the North American dream. But uh, I think Canada, especially, they do value quite a bit the, the hardworking people. And if you're a hard worker, uh, you can achieve any dream that you want. Um, hard work and the right uh, uh, like mindset um, you will, you'll achieve quite a bit and sky's the limit. Like there's no limits here in North America. Like you want to open a second business. You want to start this venture. You want to do this. You want to do that. There's no limits on what you can achieve.
2: Uh, the
1: donate and learn initiative. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Actually donate and learn was, uh, started like right at the beginning of, uh, green Lotus. And that's kind of the initiative that got us very, uh, famous or popular. Um, I always believe in um, a give-back culture. I'm a Christian. I love in giving back. I believe in doing good in the community and, 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 and where you live. And uh, one of the things that we, we came up with is that uh, let's do an event. Um, um, let's bring speakers from Google, LinkedIn, uh, GoDaddy for the first time to speak in Canada, spoke on our events and have 100% of proceeds uh, um, go to charity, um, which does not exist. Uh, like if you go for a gala, like a charity gala, and you pay a $100 ticket, only about $15 of the $100 is actually going to charity. So the idea of um, 100% in proceeds to charity, a lot of big brands jumped in. We got sponsorships from uh, uh, major, major companies like GoDaddy, I'm like, that was just like one of the things, like in our second event, like GoDaddy, sponsored and spoke for the first time in Canada. Um, And we thought that we'll get like a 50, hundred people that will come in uh, before the first event, we had like four or 500 people registered. We raised like almost $5,000 in two hours. Um, And that kind of really raised the awareness about the company and actually right at the beginning, people used to call me the donate and learn guy. (laughs) People really didn't know that I run an agency. So, which is really not bad, something to be associated with uh, a fundraising event and a charitable event. And that's kind of how it kicked off Green Lotus. And that's how it really, like the give back first really benefited my business. And we became one of the leading agencies in North America just be- because the give back first mentality. That's, that's what I recommend for everyone, not just when you make money, you donate whatever. No, give back. Do that first step first. And people will recognize the difference between you and the other agency uh, that they're trying to work with.
2: I, you could say that's basically your guiding philosophy, right? Not just in business, not in life. Idea you're giving back, right?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Because um, think about it. Like the, you, you, You're trying to buy a camera. One website is saying this camera is $500. And the other website saying, oh, um, it's $500, but here's all of these education resources and uh, $10 of that uh, $500 will go to your favorite charity, blah, blah, blah. Then people will definitely automatically associate with someone that wants to give back, that with someone that want to give knowledge and feedback and be personable with them. There's no doubt, even if you are exactly the same price uh, um, or even a little bit higher than the, the competitors.
2: Do you think that for let's say someone that's a young entrepreneur
1: or young people in
2: general, like the idea of giving back is a little bit harder for them? Because so let's say you know they're not in a position, they don't have the money, they don't have that capacity. What could they do then to kind of let's say give back or do help your community?
1: Um, give back does not always mean raising money for charity. It does not always mean like collecting dry foods and 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 drop buys. Giving back is like. Um, like even with your time, with your knowledge. Uh, um, like one thing that we do till today is that we give more than um, 45 minutes to an hour of free consultation an audit and reports. It costs us about $100 every time we do a free consultation to someone. Uh, but that's how we do it because people do appreciate someone that will take the time and, and talk to them and get to know their business and, and really have the chance to get to know them personally we people tell us the weirdest things about their life and these conversations like oh I got divorced and I have this and I'm starting a business and like once you build that personal relationships then it's a lot easier for clients to trust you other than like hey it's 500 a month this is my fees can you afford it it's just a completely different conversation is like why did you start this, this business who is your competitors what's the differentiator between you and their competitors? And then start to giving them advice, even if they don't end up working with me, I'm more than happy to give, to put them at least on, on, on the right path. It's, I feel like it's a little bit difficult to manage like the fine line between like how,
2: um, personal you do get in like these relationships, especially when people start opening up, right? So is there a way or like a, a thing you have in your head that says, okay, like this is kind of like. The amount I am kind of going to go with this person, like in terms of like being open with myself, how do you set those
1: boundaries? Um, it's a really good question. And it's very different from, from a person to the next. But the one thing that you have to do, because clients really feel it, is that you have to get on that phone call or that conversation knowing that you might not close that deal. Knowing that you just want to give the best you have. and chances are you're not closing it. So if you go in with that expectation, when you actually have that good conversation and you have that personal connection and they, they, they end up trusting you and working with you, it's 10 times more rewarding. But if you go with the mindset, if I don't close this deal, I don't have the money to pay my my car insurance this month, or like I have to do this. As as humans, we do feel that on the other line. Like we, we, we do feel that this person is... is, is there's pressure, there's sales pressure, there is this, there is that. We, we don't do any of that. And I have people that I spoke with two, three, four years ago that will respond to an email uh, about a webinar or something I sent like four years ago, will respond to it. I'm like, Basim, I'm ready to, to, to work now. Can I sign up? I, I don't even remember what service I was talking to you about, right? But that does happen. So have that educational first to give back first mentality and and have the mindset that you might not close that deal at the beginning it's hard it's very hard like don't take me as like i'm like really preaching from a high chair i used to have anxieties i used to have panic attacks if i don't close deals is not that easy to do it's it's also interesting you mentioned
2: that because i feel like a lot of entrepreneurs they there's like this hype culture, I feel like now with entrepreneurship, right? But not many people kind of talk about the mental health aspect of, you know, running a business and like how stressful that is, right? Um, what has your experience been with that? How have you managed, let's say, your mental health? Uh,
1: running your own business is very lonely. Uh, it's very hard. Uh, um, and and it could really uh, make you or break you, like you are really on the 50-50 chances of going into depression if things don't go your way or being your own boss and living your dream. So you are walking a fine line. And I did, went through all of it. I went through depressions, anxieties. At one point in my career, when my phone rings, like my heart will sink because I think, oh my gosh, this is another client who wants to cancel. I can't do this, and this and that, right? So I would advise was two things. Uh, is basically to to not do it completely alone. Find a partner um, that will at least support you in some areas that you're not good at. Um, Don't start business completely solely on your own. I have a business partner. A lot of people don't know I do, but her name is Catherine McGillivray. She really liked to stay behind the the, the spotlight, but she was my backbone. She was my right and left hands and, and so many things um and the other thing is that um um be active about your mental health uh the problem with our brains it's it's automatically programmed based on your past experience and most likely those past experiences are not the best to rely on if you actually want to start something fresh and new so be active about it be part of a mastermind be part of Um, a church a mosque a community um, something that you're regularly talking to someone uh, have a mentor don't do it alone that like at the end of the day my advice is that um, entrepreneurship is is hard um, could be depressed could get you anxieties could make you not sleep so just don't walk that path alone there is a lot of rewards at the end of the day but uh, don't do it alone. That's basically my short advice. I love that. That was a really good
2: response.
1: I can tell you're a public speaker. You're like used
2: to this. Um, It's it's something that you mentioned, the idea of mentoring people, right? Would you say there's like a mistake or like a preconception that the people or whoever you've mentored, I'm assuming people come to you for advice, right? Um, So has there been like mistakes that you see happening a lot That people have and
1: if so what would you say is like a big one um the biggest mistakes is that um either people don't take calculated risks or people do not invest in their ventures so those are the two biggest mistakes like i've met so many people that want to start the business uh, but they will not spend any money on it till they make money. Like I've met like this financial advisor or like a guy that was running a consultancy business and the business cards are printed at home, cut with a the scissors. Their website is like really bad. I'm like, how would you make, convince a client to pay you three, $5,000 if your website doesn't look like it's been even finished, Right. That's another thing that like really big thing that a lot of people think that um, I will only spend money when I make money. But the worst say in life, you, you've got to spend money to make money. It's, it's the worst say ever, but it's true. Uh, the other thing is that people not taking calculated risks or not getting a proof of concept um people want to start a venture they want to spend a hundred thousand dollars on developing a software or this or that and just i'm like did you sell one product did you did you talk to someone outside of your family like like when we launched green lotus tools canada's first seo tools um i i sold it for eight bucks a month. I'm like, I just wanted to see if people will take off their wallets and spend eight dollars. we sold like 150 in like two weeks, right? 150 subscriptions, right? Then I started increasing the price, increasing the price. And I started to continue developing and, and developing it, right? As we go, you need that market proof. You need to, to do some calculated risks. So don't spend $100,000 in development. Do a shell program, do a shell website, something that proves the concept, and then you do the rest of the automation manually. You don't need to have everything right and going, but see if someone is going to pay that $20 subscription that you're asking for. See if someone is going to actually see that this is a good concept. So it's really the opposites. Like both people are very opposites. It's very hard to find someone that have like a, have a decent budget, calculated, get market approval, get do some piloting and testing. It's either they don't want to spend the money until they make the money, or they want to dump like two hundred thousand dollars without even getting a concept approved.
2: That's true, actually.
1: I, I feel like it's very
2: rare where people have low overhead, um, and because you know that's that's tough. And most people, you know, it's like I want to make money, but I'm not in the best position to kind of invest, right? But I guess it's all about, like you said, this calculated risk. Um, Something that I want to ask you because you kind of work in marketing, is there something that people should be paying attention to in terms of technology or uh, trends? Like, as an example, right now I know crypto is big, right, in the investing space. Do you think there's something like that for marketing, like a trend or something people should be paying attention
1: to? yeah it's there's actually a lot of trends going on and the like i was actually speaking to uh about this as another interview like what we've seen what we're seeing today is something that was very predictable uh to happen but the because of covid the change that was supposed to happen over five seven years have happened in one year so the 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 changes in consumer behavior and the way we shop and the way we do business and like I haven't met a client in a year and a half right and our business is like almost doubling during this time Um, the way that things happening and the way that people rely on digital is has become phenomenally big so I do actually have um, I'll I'll send you a link of like four steps to adapt to like digital marketing post-corona but one of the things that I I wanna highlight very quickly is the rise of voice search. Those um, smart speakers like Google Home and Alexa and those things, um, the amount of like, there is a prediction or sorry, not a prediction, like a a case study that more than 55% of the US household have a smart speaker. That is millions and millions of households. And we started to um, not replace, cell phone with smart speakers, but a lot of things that we used to do on cell phones, we actually got a little bit less, a little bit more lazier. And now we just, instead of typing it on the phone, we just tell to Google, add bananas to my shopping list. Uh, uh, Remind me to contact this person or or remind me to buy this thing or shop for this thing or who is the best lawyer near me, things like that. Now it's started to become more a voice command than just typing on your phone and the dangerous part about this and a lot of people that do not realize is that when you use your cell phone or desktop and search for best lawyer near me or best accountant near me you will have 10 result organics and you'll have like three to five advertising and then you will have google listings of three results so almost 20 searches or sorry 20 results on the first page of google but when you ask the same questions to Google Home, you get one answer with a maximum of three answers. So the fight for 20 positions have become the fight for one or three positions. So it has been already hard to rank on the first page of Google, uh, but it's going to become 10 times hard, or it's, it, it is already 10 times harder to rank on those voice recognition and or the smart speakers. And a lot of people don't realize that it's actually the same techniques. It's nothing new. That Google Home speaker is, is not a new technology. It's, it's the same Google algorithm. It just, it's, there's nothing in there about a speaker connected to the internet. So when you tell a command, it goes to the same database, it goes to the same ranking algorithm and then spits out the answers, but in just the different formats. And a lot of people don't realize that there is actually a way to rank on these voice search commands which is still search engine optimization, but now it's called SEO for voice uh, searches, right? So these are the things that a lot of people do not recognize, that it's not completely brand new technology. You don't need to do something from scratch. It's the same old Google algorithm updates and search engine optimizations, but you, you just have to take it to the next level. That is the biggest trend that I see in the digital marketing world and as I've seen it before happen with the rise of smartphones and how um, so many companies lost that battle when the, the rise of smartphones and people didn't believe in it or like people that's a fad or this and that. I will continue advertising my, my, my here or radio or this and didn't really pay attention that you have to have an awesome mobile website and user experience. And a lot of companies lost big, 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 big money. So I'm seeing this happening again with the technology of voice search. And so my advice is like SEO, SEO, SEO is not just gonna help your organic leads and ranking, but it will put you on the right step when voice search actually supersede mobile searches and desktop searches. Mobile searches have already supersede uh, desktop searches. So the next step is voice searches supersede mobile searches and it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of time.
2: Interesting. Is there a question you kind of wish you were asked? By who? Just in general, like I know, I'm assuming, as you said, you get interviewed, right? Um, is there a question you wish people would ask you in interviews?
1: Sure. Um, one of the latest products we just launched and we're very proud of is the Smart Side technology. Uh, we launched out about a year ago, and um, the, all the case studies and the pilot programs we did is uh, like quite amazing. Uh, usually uh, customers who switch from WordPress or other websites, uh, they see anywhere between three to eight times more improvement in conversions and ranking and, and traffic. And the main thing that we called it smart because it's, it's a website that can change its behavior based on users' interaction. So if someone visiting your website from Toronto versus Niagara Falls, the website can identify and show them different products or different options depending on the regions. Someone coming to your business after business hours and, and um, uh, uh, um, best features is that the smart sites are hosted on Amazon CDN servers. Uh, which is basically um, your website will be hosted on the 400,000 plus servers that Amazons have. And instead of having a centralized location and your website takes so long time to load on mobile, your website will load in half a second because it's loading from the server that is like 50 kilometers or 100 kilometers away from you. Um, And um, that really makes customers happy and also make Google super happy because site speed is one of the major ranking factors. And the last thing that this is the first or the only site builder that was designed for mobile users first, then made responsive for desktop. Right now, um, mobile usage is more, or almost close to 70% of all online traffic are now happening on mobile. And just having a responsive uh, mobile website is an old technology. Uh, smart sites made to function very easy, one thumb, one click, um, it made to function as an app, uh, and conversions are always one click away uh, from any of your users. So this is one of the products that we're very happy about. And uh, that's actually why we won Canadian Entrepreneur of the Year for the second time uh, last year as
2: well.